You're listening to the Multifamily Market Watch for Washington State. Apartment owners who need to know, trust HFO. The leading source for multifamily industry news around the state, from Puget Sound to the Tri-Cities. Welcome back to HFO Multifamily Market Watch for Washington State. I'm your host, Aaron Kirk Douglas. This Multifamily Market Watch is co-sponsored by Gantry Inc., the nation's largest independent mortgage broker, and by J.R. Johnson, experts in multifamily restoration and repair work. Apartmentlist.com reports that national rent growth has taken a turn, and we're now seeing negative year-over-year growth for the first time since the early stages of the pandemic. But here's the silver lining. Rents are slowly creeping up with a 0.3% bump in July. And while we're on numbers, a significant point of discussion has been the vacancy index, which has reached 7.3%, surpassing even the peak from COVID times. With an impressive number of multifamily apartment units under construction that will barely dent the ongoing housing shortage, there will be ample opportunities ahead for property owners. Diving into specific markets and keeping our focus on Seattle and Portland, the stats show they, along with San Francisco, are experiencing slower year-over-year growth. These cities are experiencing trends similar to the early pandemic phase and rank in the top 10 for the slowest rent growth over the past year. The Federal Housing Finance Agency has recently sought public input on enhancing tenant protections in multifamily properties that are supported by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. While the finance agency emphasizes its responsibility to address tenant challenges, especially in underserved communities, lenders are expressing concerns. The Mortgage Bankers Association and the Credit Union National Association have both signaled worries about new mandates, suggesting they might discourage participation in the agency's programs, which would impact the multifamily market's liquidity. They further warn against national rent control in light of the complex layer of state and local tenant protection laws that already exist. RealPage reports that seasonally adjusted annual rates for multifamily permitting and starts have declined month over month and year over year as of June, based on data from the U.S. Census Bureau. June's multifamily permitting rate was 13.5% lower than May and down 33% from the previous year at 467,000 units. Multifamily starts were revised downward to 14.5% in May, with June's rate declining further. This historical difference between permits and starts has recently narrowed, suggesting the annual rate for multifamily starts may have been overestimated. Regionally, the Midwest was the only area to see an increase in multifamily permitting, while other regions showed a decline. In early 2021, apartment developers in Seattle applied for permits to construct over 5,800 rental units. However, following the implementation of expensive new municipal energy codes in April, the number drastically declined to 500 in the subsequent three months. The strict city requirements make Seattle a less attractive place to build. This trend, coupled with the city's drive to further tighten energy requirements, is pushing builders to explore opportunities outside the city, potentially leading to fewer urban apartments and higher rents. 
Some experts suggest that rather than tightening the city codes, Seattle should prioritize development in dense, transit-connected areas that reduce emissions. In a significant move by the Seattle City Council, an effort to introduce a rent-controlled trigger law was defeated last week by a 5-2 vote. Proposed by Council Member Shama Sawant, the initiative faced opposition from several council members who pointed to the city's limited housing stock. Leading up to this decision, property owners and industry groups voiced their apprehensions, warning of the potential negative consequences on small landlords, and emphasizing that rent control might deter landlords and developers from participating in Seattle's housing market. Council Member Sawant, who is concluding her third term this year and who has been known for her progressive policies, expressed disappointment, emphasizing her socialist stance that housing should be a fundamental right rather than a commodified entity. Despite this setback, she remains optimistic about her future efforts and plans to advocate for working-class voters through her new organization, Workers Strike Back. Sawant's ambitious proposal, had it been approved, would have instigated a series of significant measures, emphasizing rent freezes, restricting rent hikes, and establishing a rent control commission. Meanwhile, in Bellevue, rising housing costs and increasing area median income have made it made it challenging for many professionals, including teachers and first responders, to live near their workplaces. With the city's adjusted median income of nearly $103,000, the Bellevue's median affordable rental cost is $3,400 per month. These housing costs, coupled with predictions from the Bellevue Housing Needs Report, suggest a need for an additional 30,000 units by 2044. And those factors have compelled the city to offer incentives for affordable housing projects. Among those initiatives is the Multifamily Tax Exemption Program, which grants a 12-year tax exemption for projects with 20% of units the uh, affordable for residents earning less than 80% of the AMI. Since its expansion in June of 2021, this tax exemption program has significantly boosted affordable housing development, resulting in hundreds of affordable units in the production pipeline. Unfortunately, Bellevue's approach to affordable housing is relatively unique in the Puget Sound region. By basing its policies on 80% AMI, Bellevue has spurred the development of a broader range of apartment homes, including both affordable and market rate. Kevin Wallace, president of Wallace Properties, attributes the success of his 466-unit high-rise mixed-use complex to the tax exemption program, which has made such developments more viable. In addition to the tax exemption program, Bellevue has implemented measures like reducing permit fees, simplifying parking requirements, and facilitating micro-unit construction. Bellevue is on track to meet its goal set in 2017 of creating 2,500 affordable units by 2027 with significant contributions from partnerships with major employers like Amazon, Microsoft, and Sound Transit. These collaborations have already created around 780 units with plans for further affordable transit-oriented developments. In Tacoma, a battle is brewing over renters' rights. The renters' rights group, Tacoma for All, 
joined the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 367 Union in filing a lawsuit against the city. They're alleging that the city council stepped out of line by placing an alternative renter's rights measure on the November ballot, going head-to-head with Tacoma for All's initiative. The Tacoma for All proposal seeks to substantially change the city's rental housing code. Their ideas include additional rights for renters like relocation assistance and a ban on winter evictions. However, in a twist of events, the city council passed an ordinance expanding renters' rights and their regulation became law. But the council decided to put the ordinance on the November ballot and called it Measure 2 alongside Tacoma for All's initiative. Ann Dorn, a representative from Tacoma for All, said this move could create confusion among voters considering that Measure 2 is already in effect. The lawsuit argues that this move from the council effectively takes the decision out of the hands of the people rather than allowing a clear clear majority vote on their initiative. The lawsuit also reveals that the city had previously tried to discourage Tacoma for All from presenting its initiative and threatened to introduce its own measure. With ballots due to be printed by early September, Tacoma for All hopes for a speedy resolution. They have asked the court to remove Measure 2 from future ballots, leaving only their Measure 1. And finally, the Tacoma Housing Authority has announced a significant wage increase for its employees. On Tuesday, the agency board of directors approved raising the minimum pay to $32 an hour, ensuring that all 174 employees earn what they deem a housing wage to cope with Tacoma's rising housing crisis. You can stay up to date with the latest from Washington State Multifamily Industry by following our blog at hfore.com and by subscribing to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch podcast. We'll see you next week. Our entire office specializes in multifamily real estate, making HFO the largest multifamily brokerage in the Pacific Northwest. Your success is our passion. Build your legacy with HFO. Call 503-241-5541 or visit our website at hfore.com for more information. HFO is an affiliate of the Global Real Estate Advisor Network.